0: Someone asked me recently what is the coolest part of my job as CEO at ClearMotive Marketing? I said, well, that's easy. The fact that every day I get to dig into our clients' businesses to learn not only what makes it tick, but what we can do as their partner to deliver the marketing that truly matters to their business. It's like being in a living-breathing case study every day. And for that, I am truly blessed. Hello, Collision's YYC listeners. This was an overwhelming sense of pride that I wanted to share with you that the marketing agency that I had the pleasure of co-founding and leading is turning 15 years old. Yes, ClearMotive Marketing is 15. I want to shout out a huge thank you to all of our clients, past and present, as well as our vendors and all of the incredible team members we've worked with over the years to make this milestone possible. Check us out at clearmotive.ca to learn more about what we can do that matters to you. Hello and a warm Collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Mr. Ray Sawaski. How are you doing,
1: Ray? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you, Tyler?
0: Oh, that's a great answer. I am fabulous. As I was just saying, this is the highlight of my day. I get to talk to interesting people about the thing that they're the most passionate or excited or focused on. Like, how can you really have a formula that, it, that doesn't work out when that's your ingredients? Um, we got introduced, I don't even remember, I think through a friend of mine, actually I think through the gentleman who, Al, she helps me actually made this podcast come alive, Graham Sharkey, Mm -hmm. but he introduced you to me around uh, Kinvest Venture Partners. And he really thought that this was a great story to be told. And you and I had a pre-call and I I, I really fell in love with your story. So without further ado, let's jump in the old, what's a Kinvest uh, Venture Partners (laughs) elevator and give us a little bit of a story. What are you guys all about? Uh, What do you do? And uh, what problems do you solve in the world?
1: And I I think for awkwardness, let's just shorten it to Kinvest. It's much easier. Done.
0: I agree. Fantastic. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. Uh,
1: (laughs) So Kinvest is born by, out of a group of people who have spent a long time working in sub-Saharan Africa and in international development uh, through different channels. Some of us worked in the sort of NGO um, charity space, uh, water, sanitation, hygiene space. Uh, there's a couple of people who have businesses there. And I think I use the word disaffected maybe overly, in an overly strong way, but we became disaffected in some way with the way that... Uh, The role of the West, I can say, in in solving poverty or trying to solve poverty and and failing miserably, to be honest. And so uh, we met in January 2020 and said, let's do something new. Of course, January 2020 is the absolute worst time to start something (laughs) new. Uh, But if you survive, it shows that you've got something worth surviving, right? (laughs) The the record will show. Yes, exactly. Um, But to your question very specifically is we wanted to bring an impact investing model to the table that would impact both Canadians and North Americans who care about uh, the issues of poverty in rural Africa. And when it comes to the rural African side, actually develop something that will, in the long run, create generational uh, financial security, uh, create capital assets, the very things that help people uh, get ahead in life. Uh, And so I just very briefly, when I talk to people in the elevator pitch, I like to say, hey, what makes you financially secure at night? And most people say... You know, I think, but it's my house. Why is it your house? My my assets. My assets. Why is it your house? Well, because I bought it 20 years ago for X number of dollars. And today it's worth, and if, you know, if I get sick or, or, you know, something happens that's cataclysmic, I can sell my house and I can have cash. I have have liquidity. I have equity, whatever it is, the word they use. There is no analog for that in rural Africa, Mm -hmm. rural Sub-Saharan Africa. And so our goal is on both sides of the ocean, if you will. Is to create a new story around how how around how capital is deployed in uh, sub-Saharan Africa.
0: Um, thank you, Ray. I think you've been in this elevator before. I appreciate it. Uh, no, no, a couple of times. <laughs> I'm assuming there was a lot of work. Also, being a marketer, just being able to communicate that uh, uh, yeah. not only effectively but efficiently. <laughs> if I had an hour, I can tell you the whole story. But what if I only had <laughs> I had two minutes? Yeah. Let's go. I, I want to circle. I love the how do you create that how do you create assets? How do you create net worth? How do you like, we'll circle back on that, but let's talk a little bit on a broader impact Mm -hmm. investing. Yeah. I love the world we live in, but terms get thrown, get thrown around in this world that we live in and broad sweeping terms, Mm -hmm. impact investing. If you were going to just, you know, if we're going to jump in an elevator to talk about that, how, you know, maybe how do you look at it and maybe does it, how does it get miss? Maybe does it get misappropriated. I'm assuming it does.
1: (laughs) Uh, it doesn't mean the same thing to the, all, everyone in yeah. the same way. So I'm not sure it's misappropriated, but it's certainly, you have to check your terms at the door. It's, you know, it's that kind of, <laughs> if we're having a debate, we actually define our terms. Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, impact investing, you know, sort of started out in my, my thinking is, wow, maybe this is a panacea that, you know, it's the solution to all things. Um, it's not. And so we should be very clear about that. There's still a role, for example, for charity to play in the world, but uh, Broadly speaking, impact investing is some form of a product that has more than a single bottom line. Okay. Okay. And so if I'm just strictly in in a, uh, a mortgage fund market, all I care about with my investments is what's the percentage you're earning me? What's my rate of return? What's my compounding annual growth rate? What's my IRR? All these lovely investment <laughs> terms. Um, when we're talking impact investing, you add something to the bottom line. and So some people say, let's add people to the bottom line. Because that's a big category, and so we'd have to figure out how we're impacting people. Some people would say, I said, planet to the bottom line. Yeah, the old triple,
0: triple P kind the of model. The triple been P, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm. Um, and then, you know, we get into some feel-good categories without actually being able to work out how the people or the planet actually win. And so um, a lot of impact investing products, I think, talk a big game. Uh, exist or exist as check boxes. So, like you know, many or, many companies, large companies, have to have an ESG statement. Yeah. You know, let's let's you know let's have somebody in our communications department write that up and keep on going. What I really care about, without criticizing anybody, is is if you say it's people that is the impacted space. What is going on in your business that's truly making a change? In other words, let's use the world better than it was when we started. If you say that this particular company or this fund or this product is making impact on people, then those people actually have to be in a better spot than they were when you started and
0: and, and, and have very tangible means at identifying that
1: mm-hmm. correct and so uh for me, impact investing has to go granular or you know it's got to get out of the clouds and down on the sidewalk and go if i'm if I'm talking to this person who's participating in this story with me as a customer for my company or uh, a, a worker, an employee in the company, then they have to be benefited by this product alongside the investor who needs to make some profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then we have an impact investing product that's real, and we can talk about it.
0: And you said there were, you know, there's a place for charities. This is not what this is. This is this is a business model that's designed to then do this, Correct. right? To, to yeah. clarify the difference, and it, it so maybe, yeah.
1: My three business partners and myself in Kinvest, we are all entrepreneurs. And at the end of the day, if Kinvest is successful, we will also be successful. Right. There's a and principle. and
0: the, the stakeholders being the people, which could be on the Canadian side or the African, the rural African side. Just talking about your two different stakeholders, yeah. having we'll get into the clear, like how do you measure yeah. that? And but that's what I'm really hearing is a differentiator. Like we're not bring we're not coming at this as a charity. We're coming at this as an impact investing Ooh, initiative, organization, company. And we're very clear on how we're going to impact not only our investors, which is maybe the easy one where all the acronyms just fall out of most of, most of our mouths, even yeah. if we don't always are fully comfortable with what they mean. We've heard them have been touted, but what is the impact on the ground in yeah. Africa?
1: Yeah, exactly. And so maybe something okay. for the parking lot in this conversation. We can't get too big a parking lot, but- Yeah, uh, I like a good parking we, lot item. Yeah. We are governed in some level, we all agree to, maybe is a better way to put it around the principles of mutuality. So there's an economics professor out of Switzerland who wrote uh, a theory called the, uh, the economics of mutuality.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and so mutuality as a principle uh, is something that really sits behind our strategy. And mutuality simply asks two or three questions of anybody who's on the profit side of a business. Say, how much is enough? And then when you define how much is enough, how are you going to distribute the rest beyond enough? And in that principle requires you to think about where your power lies. And so we do a lot of work on the, uh, we do a lot of work to think about those questions daily in our business.
0: Interesting. I'm now Googling because you got me down a yeah. rabbit hole of economics of mutuality. And my yeah. question to you back was so when we think of traditional capitalism, where does that fit? But there, the headline on this page of economics of mutuality says, It actually says completing capitalism. So it almost beat me. My next question to you was about capitalism and that's how they opened their, their, their page.
1: (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I've (laughs) I've met, I've met Bruno Roche who's behind this and you know, he's like, some people think I'm a, I'm a socialist and I'm not, you know, it's just asking a different set of questions. And well, if you want to get action. into the
0: original definition of capitalism and how it was presented, there was a, it was a different model than what we've turned it totally. into with quarterly yeah. shareholder returns, right? We've, yeah, yeah. we've changed it, but this is a yeah. different podcast, right? You and, I, heck, you and I can have another time.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, and this is about using business to solve the world's problems rather than business to create the world's problems. <laughs> Big difference. Yes,
0: which I think yeah. is where maybe some of the, the bad rap has fallen and yeah. you know, bad actors yeah. and, and, all, and all that stuff. But again, bigger conversation for yeah. The, the the conspiracy theories of well, how did we get here and what where did we make go we wrong back in the seventies when we started focusing yeah. on this versus that and there's some interesting rabbit holes there. So getting this spun up, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. you've got the realities of, of of working in a place like Africa, which is very different mm-hmm. than here. And again, some of you you said some of your your members had experience, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's a world that's very tricky to navigate if you've not mm-hmm. been down that road before. And but when you're set up, you are you a Canadian based company? Is that how like where are you, where are you held to task from a regulatory and from a securities perspective?
1: Yes, we're headquartered in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay, mm-hmm. um, our funds that are issued are issued under the um, the BC Securities Commission. Okay. So we are not a gray market product. Our product is uh, is uh, issued by an asset management firm, and it is regulated by the BC Securities Commission.
0: Okay. So I'm assuming that's a big box. Investors want to know is the, yeah. huge. So where's yeah. this based in the Cayman Islands somewhere? What's yeah, going yeah. on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, tangent here for a second, but you know, impact investing, uh, Broadly, I want to. I have a dollar, and I want to invest, mm-hmm. invest it in a way that's going to have positive outcome. Yeah, is that a bit of a? Is it a gray area? Is it a gray space where there is uh, some opportunities to? <clears throat> I don't want to use the word get hustled, but is there some shady business going on out there in this space? Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah I can only imagine there is. <laughs> like I, I would say, there's three or four ways that companies put these together. Um, the the most uh, the simplest way to get into the space is create some sort of company. Let's call the holding company or something where you can take in you can take in loans from people. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with this. And you take it into some sort of convertible uh, promissory note. So I'm going to loan you $100,000 today. We're going to invest in companies in Africa. We're going to value our company five years out. And whatever you put in, it becomes your share value within the, within the company. There's nothing wrong with that structure. It, it's, uh, it's a risk-based structure. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be sort of the first entry point into impact investing. The alternative is you have a company in Canada and you simply buy equity in that company and that company goes out and does its business as, a, as an impact uh, company. And, and maybe even it registers as a B Corp or something like that uh, yeah, to okay. do good in the world.
0: But very traditional model. Yeah. They just choose to do X with their, their business model, and, right?
1: And that is not our model. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I think at some point, I didn't give you in the elevator pitch is that we have two very, very strong values that we live by. Uh, one of them is local ownership The other is human potential. So I'll just settle in the local ownership. The ultimate outcome of whatever company we build in Africa with investing partners from Canada, that company will be owned by its employees by year 10. Hmm. So the deal you make with us as an impact investor is to say, I'm going to profit from the company for a period of time while we grow it. I'm going to be the the, the catalyzing capital. We're going to grow it. I'm going to get a return but then I actually effectively have to give it away.
0: Which is the mutuality aspect. Which
1: is the play. mutuality aspect yeah. and it's that local ownership aspect. And so uh, you get a 10 year run as an investor with the company, mm-hmm. and then you don't get to sell it at market value, right? Because that would disadvantage the, uh, the local mm-hmm. uh, uh, employees who work for it, who are going to come to own it. You get to sell it at cost, right? What you paid, that's what they're going to pay, right? And, but you made,
0: but ideally you made your lift over each year over the 10 year period of
1: time. Correct. The the quote
0: unquote return on your money. Return on your Mm investment.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be fairly, you know, vis-a-vis the market. You know, we're, we're looking at, we're two and a half years in, we're looking at models that show somewhere at year 10, that your, your average over the 10 years will be three to one cash on cash. Hmm. So that's an annual growth rate of 12%. You know, that's, that's not terrible money by any standards. And, uh, and you've done good in the world.
0: And is that if I'm an investor and you sit yeah. in front of, I'm just gonna pick 10 as an easy number. Yeah. Uh, Ten yeah. investors sit in front of you. They've heard about it, they're curious. When you lay that out, is that really separate the the committed from the on the fence committed? We're like, whoa, wait a second. So I get this, which is you know, 12%. Nothing, yeah, nothing to scoff at there. But I'm missing this big lift. I'm taking you know, I'm I, I guess that it's also a factor of risk, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but geez, for that. I'm not going to get the big win. I'm not going to get the payout at the end. Yeah. How many people, you know, percentage wise leave the room at that point? Uh, maybe I'm asking something. I'm getting too no, no, too it's specific.
1: A, it's a really good question. I think it's not entirely a fair question based on okay. my first bit of working. I've probably pitched 50 to 60 investors so far. Okay. They're all people who I think, as a starting point care about care about poverty and they Africa. have a
0: bias towards yeah. solving this problem. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I, so let me be candid i i walked into one family office bit of a stretch he didn't care okay mm-hmm. okay he's like you know what my clients frankly he used a strong word don't give a yeah. you know they're not they're not they're not your clients you know go somewhere else good for you but go somewhere else which is fair. F- Everybody yeah. gets to choose their their yeah.
0: lane, right? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah.
1: The the other 59 metaphorically, something in that number have all been this is something I want to try on some level or I want to uh, okay. watch you. Okay. I want so to the, watch you. So there you is some curiosity and maybe yeah. maybe maybe
0: not today, but I'm not saying not tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And and I would say the profile of most of those people is they've donated money to various different charities over the course of their life. They're philanthropic yeah. in their nature and they're going $150,000 given to a charity versus $150,000 invested in Kinvest, I am actually going to be intellectually curious about what that looks like going forward and what that means to me. I you know, love the paradigm
0: thing. you just created between, okay, I'm already philanthropic, I already give. Jeez, I could give here, get it, I'm just gonna pick your number, 12% return. Yeah. But ultimately, I could have, if the model, and I believe in it and it's operated to the to, to the level that, I, that you guys are intending, have an even bigger outcome when I run. Cause we always have to extrapolate. Okay. I gave the money today, but let's flat. let's, yeah. let's look out five or 10 years. Are we actually creating impact? So yeah. that's an interesting, you know, in our world and from a marketing, like, well, who's your competition? There's always yeah. do nothing. There's always yeah. the regular investment, but if your competition, and I use that word loosely here yeah. is giving to charity or giving to this, that's an yeah. interesting shift to the paradigm. I really like well, that from yeah. a marketing perspective.
1: And it's, it's huh. interesting too. If you're talking to investors about this and I, I won't share his name, Investor who I've I've known for a while, and actually, when I used to be a head of charity, he was a donor donor to the charity that I that I was uh, leading. He looked at me uh when we were finalizing his investment. He's like, "Why is this a harder check, a more difficult check to write than the charity one?" And then we sort of went off on this rabbit trail <laughs> for a while. And, he, and he's just because I actually am holding you to something, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Versus You're just committing. letting it go free to the world, <laughs>
1: exactly. And so even watching his. Uh, what's the right word? His processing around impact investing because in Canada, I can't send you to you know a website to well actually I could but uh, I can't say tell you there's like a hundred products you can choose from pick the one that's most aligned to you. There's actually very few products and if you talk about ones that are dealing about with poverty related issues in in, in sub Saharan Africa you know I, I sort of narrow it down to three right I know who my two other competitors are in this space and yeah. um and so it's not like investors have this lots of experience they've tried it other places you know um this is a new thing right? yeah, i was
0: going to say just the simple risk that yeah. comes with the word new <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's baked in someone who's spent time in in, in the charitable space yeah are we also seeing uh, you know certainly i've been i have a lot uh, of a, a different not for profits on the show and there's a greater degree of accountability like whether it's a corporation like yeah we're going to give you money uh, to build this new building but you got to yeah. get to a certain point before you get our next milestone yeah it seems a little bit more like, uh, these companies are treating it like an investment in a startup where it's like, well, if you reach that said, said milestone, we'll then give you more, but we got to hold you accountable to yeah. some numbers or a degree of progress. Yeah. It feels like the world is shifting more that way, which to me would lend, lend really well to your story. Mm-hmm.
1: It's actually likely a generational thing. Okay. So oh, okay. as, as Gen Xers and millennials become the controllers of significant wealth or corporate controllers, uh, and they move into C-suites, they are a very different donor than their baby boomer or traditional generation, the silent generation givers. Um, and you know, you and I could go on a whole rabbit trail around this, but once you pull faith out of the equation, so so many of the so much generosity in the baby boomer generation and the and the traditional or silent generation was faith-based. Uh, it's not anymore even even if it's faith-based it's not faith-based anymore I, I yes, say that I understand. i've understand.
0: i had that conversation as well maybe off the yeah. record more often than on <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so uh, i think that's... the shifts the shifts are coming and i think impact investing is well placed to be part of the the solutions for the investor side as well because they're looking for something people who are generous are looking for something different than charity
0: uh, that's i've heard that across yeah. the board just okay, so that so then therefore what? And now that's where you and you and I are yeah. talking. So let's walk through like the nuts and bolts. So um yeah. I'm a Canadian investor, I put in my fifty grand and my hundred grand, whatever the number is. I, I know I know right out of the gate that i am looking at a ten year. Yeah. So talk to me about when the money lands. Like let's talk about yeah. the other side of of, of sure. your, your major stakeholder group, the group that's actually gonna benefit in terms of changing their life. <laughs>
1: Uh, so you want to talk about the African side. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, as an well,
0: investor, I yeah. can kind of get where I'm going to, what I'm going to get yeah. from it. I got my rate of return. I feel good. But back to this mutuality of change yeah. actually change like you said, actually changing
1: lives. <laughs> yeah. So so maybe if I can just go 30 seconds through the whole model from Sure, please. So, so you are, so Tyler, you are the investor in Canada. You're going to get involved with Kinvest and you're going to invest in what's called a limited partnership in Canada. That's the structure. Limited partnership, money comes in to the partnership. Uh it goes then through uh to Rwanda, the country we're working in at the moment, into a holding company in Rwanda. Then that holding company is going to create a corporation. That corporation is a medium-sized farm company, agriculture company. So we're gonna call it Farmco for the rest of this conversation. Okay. Uh Farmco is going to with the funds from Canadian investors Your money, Tyler, is going to go out and it's going to acquire five to seven hundred hectares of land. And it's going to begin a strategic agricultural program on that land. Strategic for two groups of people. Initially, our investor group are going to need some cash returns. So the agricultural products we grow are going to have to be high yield cash returning crops. Uh, I'm going to say something about that in more detail as we go forward. So about one-third of the land that we acquire, we're going to put those crops in because those are going to generate yields for our investors. On two-thirds of the land, and these are approximate, we're going to develop orchards. Those are long-term investments because, remember, we're giving this company to the employees at the end of the day. At year 10, we don't want to give them a company where we strip stripped the, the soil of all of its nutrients and value because we've been cash cropping it for 10 years. No, no. If we believe in mutuality, then what we what goes to the worker's through an employee trust at the end of this cycle of 10 year cycle has to be something of value. So those orchard crops, coffee, macadamia, nuts, banana trees, avocados, those will all come online as high yield, lower risk ag products that right about the same time that the employee trust takes ownership of that company. So coming back to the structure, we're going to develop it over those 10 years from day one in Rwanda, there's something called an employee trust that's bolted on as a shareholder of that company. And there's a triggering mechanism, and that would go into the fine details of how it works. If anybody wants to get into that with me, I'll, I'll walk them through it. <laughs> we'll definitely uh,
0: give your number and uh, the contact yeah, afterwards,
1: yeah. I, I, literally at year 10, there's a triggering mechanism whereby the shares that are in that holding company I talked about at first all move into the ownership of the employee trust. And from 10-year forward, that employee trust owns Farmco and yields the benefits, the dividends, uh, the employees are the shareholders, et cetera. Uh you know for simplicity I might say it's the WestJet model the employees are the owners <laughs> but, but yeah. for simplicity in the case of Kinvest 100% of the company is owned by its employees not a fractional amount Yes. Uh, you're saying in, the difference in, in, between in a
0: West... good marketing campaign and re, and, reality, yeah. and and reality, and, and, yeah. and, le, and yeah. legal
1: paperwork. <laughs> exactly.
0: And so it just the, yeah no model. That makes a ton of sense. Um but I think and I I love how The time you spent to make it, you know, lay it out in a way that from the outsider, I'm like, okay, I get it. Now I can dig in. So go ahead, go ahead. I got questions about Rwanda that I want to dive in around.
1: If You talked about the person benefiting. If I take an ag worker today, the person that's walking onto our farms today and applying for a job to work in the fields on day one, here's their story over 10 years. And if I ever still get goosebumps in this conversation, it's here. In Rwanda today, an ag worker Is a seasonal worker, which means they're a day laborer. They don't know if they wake up in the morning if they're going to have a job. And the minimum wage set by the Rwandan government is 70 U.S. cents a day. Okay, That's their reality. When we've done a whole bunch of human-centered design investigation or studies into these these groups of people, what we found is they're, they're averaging between 100 and 120 days a year. So they're averaging between 70 and 80 U.S. dollars of income a year. The first commitment we make to them is we're going to pay you at least three times market rate to be on our farms, right? Uh, That's just out of the gate. That's part of our mutuality, has to get there. There's a reason why we don't go higher than that. And the second thing we're going to do is at least a third of our our team uh, is going to be full-time permanent, whether we have the work or not, right? So this is like a normal job. You go every day. So that worker went from 70 cents, maybe 100 days a year, to Let's say $2.50 a day, which is our actually our starting wage is actually higher than 3x, uh, $2.50 a day, and they are uh, now working 260, 280 days a year, right? You do the math in terms of what mm-hmm. the actual growth in their income, it's almost 10x growth in their income. That changes their life in the first year. They can financial plan. They can actually consider how they would save. They know they're going to have money in September for their kid to go to well, school. the
0: auxiliary impact of all the businesses in the community also benefit from that, that. Like you're ha- feeding even, it through the cycle, yeah. <clears <clears throat> throat>
1: throat> throat> haven't even got there yet. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, sorry, I'm <laughs> jumping to <laughs> the end. Vel- Vel- velocity <laughs> of a dollar. And are you, then, are, you, are you making
0: enemies with that price? Like this,
1: back to, well, you got to be careful
0: yeah. on the, the world you're in, right? Yeah,
1: so economic ecosystems <laughs> are things that often Western companies don't spend a lot of time thinking about. So we chose our number because the next industry that in rural spaces employs people is the construction industry mm-hmm. and their minimum wage is $2 and 50 cents a day.
0: Okay. That makes
1: sense. So if we reached beyond that. So, so
0: it wasn't necessary. so not, not arbitrary for you. No, it
1: was not. And, and you know, we struggled with the number because geez, $2 and 50 cents a day doesn't sound like very much either.
0: Yeah, how- to work on that problem without putting your own personal filter on it is very difficult.
1: (laughs) Very difficult. Just
0: pay them five bucks. Like what's the big deal? But it it is a big deal.
1: Yeah. It is a big deal because you would blow up the, the the local economy is already fragile. Yeah. Our goal is to actually lift the local economy in the way that you do things, uh, in any sort of economic plan. Economists think about this. If we can lift from the bottom, we'll eventually put wage pressure on that construction industry Mm -hmm. naturally. Right. There'll be, income in the in the communities that will create businesses that will uh invariably draw people back off of our farms because hey i can make more money opening my own little shop in town than working for you you know that's great right well, back
0: to capitalism and economics playing with each other kind of exactly up the yeah. scale right mm. very interesting okay um <clears throat> curious I'm, rwanda I've, yeah. I've a few other people that i know that have done work in that space i've heard obviously we we all know some of the History being very negative and some yeah. atrocities that have taken part, but I'm hearing more lately about opportunity and technology and things that are happening there that are mm-hmm. very positive for the people and yeah. just like participating at a bigger level. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a very unique country. So I've spent a lot of time in sub-Saharan Africa in my life. Um, it is a country that doesn't have a parallel in story elsewhere, and nor should it. Every country is unique, but the genocide did something to the people uh and then the way they came through the genocide through their truth and reconciliation process through the story of saying we are Rwandan we are not going to be defined by a sub hyphenated version of that right um, this has been a very interesting they're very stoic uh they're very hard working and they know that they have to work hard um they're a small country, country surrounded by big countries so even the the kind of mindset of that, and and that's just at a sort of a cultural people level. At a government level, you know, they say things like, "We want to be the Singapore of West Africa, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be a country that is a welcomes for an investment that um, <clears throat> strives to build through uh, partnerships." Uh, they're kind of leading a push for an East African economic zone, uh, where well, there is one already, but enhancing it. So there's lots of good reasons to be there. Um there's some difficult story. Like when you go to acquire land, you you ultimately end up back at nineteen ninety-four mm. because after the genocide they had a lot of land that was not owned by anybody mm. for obvious reasons. The entire families had been killed. And so there was a land survey done. They actually surveyed the entire country, got a land registry created, but then a lot of the land went to political uh people who'd served well in, yeah, so i'm assuming
0: there was some favoritism and cronyism and, all the, and all the isms yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so
1: you, we discover ourselves buying land from generals and things like that who you know have aged out or their families who after they passed away and so you know there's this story in that and there in it and is that a redemption story where we're a returning, way you're the returning land to... it to the people but you're doing, i don't know yeah i know that yeah, i don't yeah we i don't need to put that on we don't need no. to
0: get on the white horse here back to the west solving the yeah. world's problems yeah, yes i agree exactly
1: yeah. And, and that's something we don't <laughs> yeah. want to be is that sort of colonial, yes. Hey, we we have all the solutions to all things, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that hasn't backfired before, has it?
1: <laughs> mm. Not at all. <clears throat> yeah,
0: mm. You're two and a half, you're two and a half years in.
1: Yeah. H- how's it going?
0: Like brass oh. tacks.
1: <laughs> Uh, I, I would be lying if I said it's been smooth.
0: Okay. Well, yes. I thank you for being honest. Right? <laughs> right, I feel like we've spent 20, 28 minutes and 40 seconds together. I, yeah. I
1: expect the un, uh, unfettered
0: truth at this point.
1: <laughs> I, I, so two of the four of us work in the business every day. Okay. And I say to his, uh, my partner, Jesse, who, who's on the ground in Rwanda, I say to him all the time. It's like, I don't know where to go and look for somebody to copy. There's no. Somebody who's pioneered ahead There's of no us. There's no playbook sort of,
0: kicking around. You can't go take no, a, a and, mini MBA and, on, on on how to do yeah. this. <laughs>
1: and so I feel like we're inventing solutions to the problems that we invent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Identify, yeah, yes yeah. Th- through through the outcome we desire, we've 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 well, manifested problems that now we need to yeah. solve. That's yeah.
1: So so we've decided that the word that is what happens
0: is. when you tread on 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 unturned ground.
1: Uh, exactly, <laughs> uh, and we've decided that we're pivot as a swear word. Oh, okay, bring- fair <laughs> enough.
0: I, I, we used to have a corporate swear jar because in marketing, yeah. there's a lot of... Yeah. Let's get a fresh. Anyway, so I do, like, I do appreciate a corporate swear jar. Like, yeah. okay, you got to yeah. put five bucks. To, it's going to well, charity, but you put it in.
1: <laughs> if you use the word pivot in a meeting at Kinvest, you <laughs> have to defend its usage. Yes. <laughs> um, but so to be honest with you, we have made some mistakes. And so in terms of benefiting our investors, we made the mistakes before we brought investors to the table. So what we did as the four of us is we bought uh, we bought about eighty hectares ourselves, and we said let's just actually go out and you know
0: let's go find the problems we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, okay, I appreciate and, that. Oh my yeah.
1: goodness, like yeah. <laughs> okay, got uh, it. And we're we're working in a really beautiful. I mean, the landscape of Rwanda is gorgeous. The soil is beautifully. Um, I'm not a farmer, so I don't play that role, but it's, it's, the, the soil is, um, I don't but know. As a
0: human being, when you reach down and put your hand in the dirt, yeah. there's it, dead, old, dried out, beat up dirt. And yeah. then there's like, oh my God, it feels like life. Like, I don't want to get yeah. too fluffy on it, but I don't think you have to be a farmer to go, oh, this feels like, this feels like nature at its best right here.
1: <laughs> and, and it's, it's beautiful. And so we've grown beautiful chili peppers, which is our primary, uh, field yeah. crop. We've, you know, we've planted our coffees on our farm. We're, we're working through this, but we're learning as we go. And I think. It's been really healthy even to you know, check our Western personalities at the door sometimes, too. So we've committed to this mutuality. What does that mean? I remember the very first time I walked uh, the 70-hectare piece. We have two pieces that get to 80. The very first time I walked the 70-hectare the piece, which is this beautiful piece of land right up against Tanzania, the Akagera River is flowing right along our, 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 our property line. Um, and I kind of looked around and there was about 400 employees working in the farm. And I also had this like, oh crap, I'm, I'm still the, how do I say this, Tyler? I'm still the white guy.
0: Owns, <laughs> I wondered if that's what you were going to say.
1: <laughs> who owns, who owns a farm Yeah. and you just finished the statement. And then you gotta, you gotta step back from that and go, I gotta keep remembering that. Cause if I ever get away from that, that check-in, you know, and yeah, I get yeah. too much onto the business. And so there's that. So, how do we actually live mutuality out every day? How do we live kinship out? Because kinship is the root of the word kinvest. It's kinship and investing together. Um, you know, how do we just check that Western business? We got to keep going and and stop and have lunch with the employees and and sing with them because they they sing, right? <laughs> you know, um, that's all really important. And to listen to their stories, right? Be part of their stories. Um, I've never really appreciating that, that their yeah. culture
0: is different than ours, right? Is that the yeah. most simple to oversimplify everything that you're exactly. saying? Yeah. How has been the ability to identify and bring team members on, on the ground that have yeah. the skills to do this? Cause there's a difference oh. of being a day laborer yep. to running an 80 hectare operation, you know, right. 200, 200 acres. I grew up in acres, so I had to try to yeah. translate everything to acres. So I understand yeah. what it means. Yeah. But you got 200 acres with a variety yeah. of crops. Yeah. You've got somebody's like, people need to know what yeah. they're doing.
1: <laughs> uh, so one of the mistakes we made was. Trusting our local talent too long, okay, to be able to farm at scale. Okay, so farming yeah, yeah. it. All right. So exactly, exactly
0: that question. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, so we had to go out and hire uh, a professional uh, farm production manager, somebody who's run fifteen thousand hectare pieces. We brought him in.
0: Boom! As my uh, mind explodes. <laughs> yeah, like
1: huge ag projects. Um, in, in, and he's worked in Africa his whole life. Born in Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, it was a real struggle to th- consider hiring him to bring him in. The cost was really big. We hadn't brought our investors in yet, but we knew we needed to get, uh, that. So we actually used an executive search firm to find, hmm, okay. uh, that person, uh, direct the whole logistics value chain on the other side of this, Rwanda is not really well set up yet to yeah, export to, to huge move, amounts to of-
0: move products in a timely fashion to yeah. a market where you can earn yeah. at the price that correlates to the quality so of your product,
1: right? <laughs> we, we brought in two people uh, into our C-suite uh, uh, last about, well, this year. So about the last six months, those people have come online and that's been a, a radical transformation. Mistake we made, we waited way too long
0: mm-hmm. to do that. That we're not ready yet, but that's yeah, absolutely what but, we should have invested in.
1: Correct. Yeah. Okay, uh, that and makes so sense. N- mm-hmm. neither one of them were Rwandan. And so part of the story is Rwanda is developing its professional class too. And so we look at this and go, how can we have sort of ancillary effect? If we can build teams of people who have ag experience, then we won't have to look outside the country, mm-hmm. right? And we hired two- Is there educational two staff programs there?
0: Or can you partner with like our universities focusing yeah. on ag-related degrees and those types of things? Uh,
1: uh, there, is a, there is a university in Rwanda that has an agricultural and agronomist program. I would say it's very uh, rudimentary. Okay, And so even we, so we do hire interns, we we have a huge intern program with them and most of the interns come off our farms going, wow, like what we learned in six months with you is way more advanced than what we were taken to in university. Yeah, so yeah, hey,
0: I like a good compliment anytime I can get one. So that yeah. sounds great to me, yeah. but
1: I hear you, I hear your point. It's, so, it's a process. Uh, yeah. And
0: they're, they're evolving if you go back to 19, yeah, like you said, like it's, that's very, this recent history, what they went yeah. through and it's on a re they're rebuilding their whole country from exactly. The, the rent,
1: right? Yeah the country th- went through a, a, a you know something that's cataclysmic you talk about a you talk about a a, a communal trauma we don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah the that epide- was. the
0: epidemiology of like it takes four generations for trauma to work its way through and we're exactly. not even to, we're not even in the second generation from that perspective yes. right exactly yeah I remember, you know, touring Cambodia or some of the places mm. that, you know, we tend to learn a lot about these things when they're 70 years ago or a hundred years yeah. ago. And and then all of a sudden like, well, no, 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 that was recently like that. Yep. That was like, I, we, we all saw that on TV, you know, yeah. ma- sorry, yeah. many, many of us <laughs> didn't yes. see that in a timeline no. that's now. And unfortunately the world we live in, well, there's, there's, it's happening now somewhere that we get to learn about 10 years from now too, but that's unfortunately, yeah. Yep. Anyways, yeah. Okay, another, not to make not, to, not another not, and parking lot, parking lot, parking lot, yeah. parking lot item. <laughs> So two and a half years in uh, yeah. 10 years, is that still like two and a half years on the 10, ten year timeline? Uh, is, am, no, I putting, so am I putting, am framing that? The,
1: so the two and a half years has been actually working on our, our minimum okay. viable product, our, yeah. our test case. Uh, our first investor farm actually starts next month.
0: Oh, fantastic. So, okay. So that yeah. two and a half years is, this is what took us to get to starting our first official 10 year yeah. cycle.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So two, cool. we're taking possession of 240 hectares on behalf of our Canadian investors, uh, October one.
0: Oh, congratulations. That's, that's real, that's very real. Oh, this is a very timely episode then. Very cool. That's great. So
1: our, our launch of our, of our LP class, if you will, or our farm co uh, is, is right now. And this is a very exciting. And um, our first group of investors, we're very thankful for them because they have went, okay, we're going to jump off in the deep end with you. Yeah. 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 Um, There's more risk
0: just because it's new, right? Just whether there is or there isn't new has risk.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm um,
0: yeah. curious, broader, broader, broader question out there in the space right now, looking for investment dollars for yeah. something like this, tightened up, um, I'm, which is mm. you've heard across the board uh, valuation wise, all the all the yeah. things that have impacted. It's not not necessarily bad, but it changed the world from the frothiness yeah. that it was a few years ago. But you're yeah. you've got such a new offering. Is that experiencing the same challenges, or does that hey, this is uh-huh. unique help open some doors? <laughs>
1: So uh, definitely opens doors. I, I've had very few people say, I don't want to at least come and listen to your story or come to my office and tell me your story yeah. uh, that I've contacted. Um, I think unexpectedly where, we, where I think the source of our investment will come over the next few months. Uh, so our, let's just sort of break our first 10 million fund apart. Um, the first group in have all been individuals. Uh, so it's been people coming in between 150,000 and a million. Um, and we've built, we've built our first group that way. Okay. What I have as meetings coming this fall is really, really interesting because we didn't see this when we started is charitable foundations. So foundations that give money away to charities who have investment capital. Yeah. They invest those in the traditional market spaces. Um, we have, we've met with a number of investment committees of foundations over the, these past few months as well, who say, we want to actually take capital from our our investable capital and we want to put it into kinvest because it's program related investment which is actually a u.s term we don't have it in canada Interesting. PR, P.R.I. It makes
0: sense when you say it out loud but i see like yeah. well that's the journey right you kind of run into yeah. new ice new ideal customer profiles or an ideal investor profiles in, in this case
1: so we're relatively certain for example there's going to be a foundation i can't name it that's going to come in at four million yeah we're going to
0: start dealing with bigger numbers right it's going to shift
1: the right. whole thing and so we are so grateful to those investors. I think there's nine of them in our first pool. We're so grateful for those first group of investors who went, yeah, we'll just, we'll jump with you. What it's setting us up for is to actually bring institutional, more institutional investors to the table. Uh, and that's going to be the, I think, the, the path forward. We're going to see a lot more of that because these, these foundations are going, we fund poverty relief through our charitable mm. giving. Why aren't we using our investments Hey, we have an investable product in Canada now that's an impact of, let's put it in that as part of the story, right? And Which so
0: circles all the way back to more accountability, more transparency, <clears throat> exactly. more ability to kind of see yeah. the line all the way through. The dollar, yeah. gets, the dollar yeah. gets supported, it gets, it gets invested, and it gets returned on, a, on actually meeting some measurable objectives. Yeah.
1: What we do run into is, hey, a, a mortgage fund now will produce seven, eight percent. You know, so mm-hmm. we're running, we're running into traditional products. A high
0: interest savings account gets 5% now. It's uh, like that. It's, and, and a year ago it was 0.85%
1: Exactly. <laughs> like at the yeah. simplest
0: level, yeah. you can park your money, not even think about it and make 5%, which right. feels great when you compare it to the last kind of se- five, six, seven years.
1: <laughs> exactly. Unless you're on the other side, unless you're a borrower. Uh, it
0: completely, it goes, it goes both ways. Yes. We're, we're <laughs> speaking yeah. from that, yeah. from, from that side. Yeah. So sorry, the first fund was 10 million that you, the, you yeah, closed out. We,
1: yeah, so we're we're actually in the middle of that raise right now. So okay. we do it in two parts. Okay. Uh, the first three million is to develop that 240 that I talked about. Mm. So that's what our Let, first... let's let's it actually get moving. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so our second close will be the rest of it, and we'll hopefully do that late this year, early next year. Right. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe weird question, but you probably get asked a lot. Like. Uh what are the left hooks? What are the black? I don't want to say black swans uh, because the yeah. whole point of a black swan is you don't know, you don't see it coming. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the, the left hooks. when did you know you're in trouble when I was on the mat and I woke up staring at the ceiling. Yeah. Like anything like, I'm sure you guys have modeled that Absolutely. out, but is there any big ones that jump out for you? Cause yeah, they true. probably, they probably affect us all on a global scale. <laughs> They're not yeah. just probably localized to your product. Right.
1: Well, once one is somewhat localized even to Rwanda. Uh, mm. so it's, it's actually value chains coming out of Rwanda for ag products. Okay. So, Every sense. single agricultural product that Rwanda creates or grows, except one sells internationally at a discount. Meaning if you buy the, if you sell the Rwanda product, you're selling it less than the, what the Kenyans are selling at, or whatever. You mean
0: like selling, um, fossil fuels out of Western Canada. Anyways, uh, so let's, let's not draw uh, any wow, comparisons. Wow. You mean just like that, but totally different. <laughs> I said exactly. it. I, you didn't say it right. I said it. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> so so co- coffee is the only, so I couldn't resist. That was an easy box. one. <laughs> it was really good. Um, coffee is the only product that sells at a premium oh. out of rwanda okay so there's reasons for that yeah I was like, okay yeah,
0: my next question please so,
1: please explain ray i'm dying uh, no more <laughs> canada uh, rwanda is a landlocked country there's no port uh the people have traditionally been very conservative in their in their their growth of um uh, into the scale they grow at uh irrigation runs at less than 1% of arable land. So, so far I'm comparing this
0: to Alberta, like right on, right? (laughs) everything you're saying so far.
1: You know, uh, the irrigation is is a huge problem. So all of those things, um, yet at the same time, incredible growing region should be producing way more. We have to change the story. So the first thing we have to overcome is actually getting product to market. So one of the things we learned in our business model over two and a half years is like, yeah, there aren't actually brokers or buyers that can buy up the product, the scale we're going to grow at, so we have to go build our own sales chain out. That's one of the things I've worked on.
0: Oh, very interesting. Alongside all the, the, all the auxiliary things yeah. that you need to make sure the core business Correct. is successful. Yeah, that's so we have
1: to we have to find our own buyers. Case studies,
0: um, case studies get written about exactly those types of look. Well, hey, and then because we had no choice, we developed a yeah. better way to do X. Right? <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second thing I think that's very real is hmm. climate fluctuation,
0: uh, okay. meaning
1: yeah. we, we had a particularly difficult. <laughs> Uh, dry season in Rwanda this year. Okay. So the dry season runs June to September, but typically July, August are very hot, uh, very dry, no rains. Uh, it was really bad this year. And, and, you know, and, we everything, saw...
0: and everything just gets cooked, right? From an agricultural yeah. perspective, no rain yeah. is a death sentence.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, it affected us two ways. One is our own farms were hard to keep. Our own farm was hard to keep the, the, the growing cycle running. It decimated everybody else. And so we ended up selling our chili peppers that we could grow off of our farm at a huge premium,
0: Just right? Sublime demand.
1: Because mm-hmm. we were the only ones who had any, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, I, I think climate fluctuation is hugely, a uh, huge risk factor. Well, that's an, the other that's an
0: ag story, you know, and yeah. again, keep coming back to Alberta, friends of mine, yeah. certain part of the province got rain, certain part didn't, certain part got a good hay crop, certain parts didn't get a good hay it's, crop. It's and, classic. And yeah. the compounding like year yeah. over year, the, the more drought that we seem yeah. to be experiencing. So yeah, I, I hear you. That's, and, and yeah, and and we are at the whim, right?
1: Yeah. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And I think the third the third one is is you know uh, we had a hockey player in Vancouver who used to say it is what it is, <laughs> but the correlation to it is what it is is you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you, we're doing something that I can't take you to other people and go, hey, they did it really well. We are pioneering. I don't want to overemphasize that, but when you pioneer, uh, being very candid, we don't know what we don't know. It the fifth five-year mark at the seven-year mark uh you know political change in rwanda is possible like it is anywhere else does yeah. it go well or not go well you know these are all
0: <laughs> and can be incredibly volatile in, in those types sure. of regions <laughs> not, sure. not that we have to look far for our own volatility
1: <laughs> correct and I, and I say that yeah. to investors all the time i say hey you know the government in Canada can make changes in tax codes or anything like that that affect you in your business and you tend to roll with it we're going to have to do the same if something happens in in Rwanda
0: yeah I, I, yeah I, do. I, I appreciate that that yeah. you, you you mitigate everything you can, but there are things that are outside of control yeah ho- hopefully the that mutuality model pulls through yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody yeah. sees it as a benefit All right, yeah. a really, really cool story, and I love you know putting some framework around this impact investing. They, yeah. We all do, live in a world of lost language. Oh, yeah. back to investing, sure, I know what that is. Well, okay, like, do you really? And it's mm-hmm. we all get inundated with so many terms and terms come in and out of fashion to get a real life example of how you've made it come alive and how you've actually mm-hmm. translated into a viable business that mm-hmm. does, you know, and the whole term of mutuality, I'm going to, it's so simple when you hear it, but I feel based on the website yeah. that I've just pulled up here, uh, it, it there's a lot more complexity to understanding. So eom.org, yeah. if anybody's curious, yeah. economics of mutuality, it, it's got me, it's got my attention already.
1: <laughs> yeah um i i think capitalism done well uh can be done inside the framework of mutuality you know and so i i would say if you think of it as a sort of a there are businesses that if i sort of sort of put a sort of a, a chart in front of you there are businesses that sort of the center that we would describe as exploitive let's not talk about any of those and then i think there's a group of businesses that move beyond that that look at their framework as ethical right but they're going to be ethically profit-driven. Mm-hmm. Then I think there's a group of businesses beyond that that I don't have a term for yet. Okay. They operate in a mutuality framework. Perhaps they operate in a, a redemptive framework, and I'll use that term very carefully because what I mean by it is they're thinking about the environment. They're thinking about, you know, for example, our agricultural methods need to be environmentally uh, not just friendly, but actually positive contributors so again, orchard crops.
0: Back to your point about, do we leave the land yeah. like literally right. pillaged s- of nutrients, or do we do crop rotations or specific crops yeah. that actually put back versus strip nitrogen or whatever the case may be, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, I think it's things like we can't just grow, and I didn't talk about this earlier, we can't just grow cash crops for sale. We actually have to contribute to local food markets. So in our crop rotation cycle mm-hmm. is a cycle for local food consumption. If you don't do that, you're, you might be ethical but you're not being, and again, I don't know what the next word is. It's the mutuality type of business. Uh, We have to contribute uh, positively in all spaces. And so that's the type of business we want to be as an impact investing business as well. And I think that's an important part of the story. And that costs something. And so mutuality gives us a framework to say, okay, where do we want to lay down our power and say we're going to do something different that doesn't enhance us but it does enhance us at the end of the day it's because uh, yeah,
0: <clears throat> you're getting into the quant qual kind of mindset of like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got what I needed out of this investment and I've met an objective yeah. that aligns with my values, yeah. right? Ultimately
1: so, at the, so, end of the day. so sometimes people ask me what do you want from the world, Ray? And I go, I, I want to stand on a Ted talk stage, not because I'm important, but because I can tell the story five, 10 years from now, alongside I could tell you a couple of stories of people who are on our farms right now who's who've captured me. Their stories just give me goosebumps. I want to stand beside them and go, I want to tell you the story of two worlds. The well, world the I'd,
0: I'd click on that Ted talk for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Ray
0: really enjoyed our conversation. I yeah. uh, really enjoyed getting to know you and understanding this and, and why I do this because it broadens my yeah. perspective and gives me different things to think mm. about. So I only hope our audience has walked away going, huh. Click, click, click. Let me go to kinvestpartners.com. Let me check yeah. out uh, mutuality. Like, we gave everybody, we get a handful of good rabbit holes today, which I really, really yeah. appreciate. Um, and of course, if someone wants to chat with you because they're like, I want to know more, I want to get involved, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Mm.
1: Uh, same domain, but just put Ray in front of it for an email. Ray at kinvestpartners.com is the oh. best way to go. Okay, yeah.
0: amazing. And I got you. I'm uh, and,
1: uh, I'm, creep- I'm creeping on you on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. So I see you're on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Kinvest Partners is on LinkedIn as well. Um, also, uh, I would say our, our web form on our website, if you don't want to memorize my email, I monitor the web form. Oh, nice. Okay. So just go to the contact. Yeah. It comes, it comes to me eventually. I'm not necessarily same day turnaround on that, but, uh, but I do monitor that. Um, I would also say that, uh, you know, if you want to see what we're doing on the value chain side, we've built out a brand to sell our products, which is telling the story. So that's, that's Kinvest produce.
0: Oh,
1: cool. Nice. Okay. Um, com is uh, is us. And we have a retail brand that's already on the shelves in Dubai called Kinfresh, which Kinfresh tagline is food as good as the story. So we actually want to use our retail side as well to tell the story of, of farmers in Rwanda. And oh, very cool. And, we're, it's, we're, and,
0: and it's already the, the the spider web is already starting to grow from what I'm hearing you
1: say. Exactly. <clears throat> so there's just some different places to look. But, but if you want to be an investor in this, uh, or if you just want to talk impact investing with me, Reach out through LinkedIn or um, I'd love to have a coffee and talk about this and learn from you because what I've found is the investors that we've talked to along the way or potential investors have actually helped us shape the product. And I don't think we're done shaping the product yet either. You know, what does fund two look like? Well, product right.
0: market fit is an is an endless cycle, right? And if you're exactly. not listening to your most valuable stakeholders, i.e. your investors, your customers, the people you're impacting, yeah, 100%. then you're just living in an echo chamber. <laughs> we all know yeah. where that usually ends up. Yeah, <laughs> Me exactly. yelling at myself.
1: Nor tell. Oh, wait, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, <out loud.
0: laughs> oh, oh wait, we've slipped in a few good ones today. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Nicely <and> done. <laughs> Ray, thanks so much for your time. Okay. Great to get to know you and uh, high fives on what you guys are doing. I, yeah, I love it. It's a fantastic story. Thank you very much.
1: And, and Tyler, thank you so much for giving us a chance to be in your audience space. That's a gift. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. Well, my, my, yeah. my, my pleasure. I always want to leave people going, huh, never thought about that before. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's when I know I nailed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Ray. Great. Have a good one.
1: Thank you.